This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in I'll never, come on, never, 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 <laughs> amen. Now your best shout ever. All right, stay standing for the reading of the word. Good morning. I was thinking about this just a second ago, how, what an amazing blessing it is that we can stand and read the word together without persecution, without threat of violence. It is an amazing, and amazing blessing because there's a lot of places in the world where we can't do this. Mark 4. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted because of because the the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns and grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with his 12 disciples, and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you were permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all other parables? The farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell upon the footpath represents those who hear the message, only have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they do not have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life the lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on the soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much has been planted. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone with a light, light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where the light will shine. For everything that has is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to the light. Anyone who hears with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. For those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken from them. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he do not, does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First the leaf blade pushes through, 
Then the heads of the wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of seeds, but becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus said many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they can understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciple, let's cross the other side of this lake. So they took Jesus in a boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Sorry, went to the wrong chapter. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and waves obey him. Come on, praise God for his word. Amen. Come on, you can be seated. Pastor Mark is uh, in Pooler, which is in South Georgia, preaching at a church that uh, David Thaxton planted there. And so... Uh, Let's just take a moment and let's just bless Pooler Church and pray for Pastor Mark and their congregation uh, as they're getting ready. Uh, Pastor Mark's probably already preaching, and uh, we're just going to pray for them. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for Pastor Mark and Miss Robin. And now, God, we just pray that uh, at Pooler Church, God, that the Holy Spirit would meet them right there. And that every need that every person has sitting in that room today, it would be met. Holy Spirit, give Pastor Mark the right words to say, the, the gift of discernment, uh, the gift of words of knowledge, the gift of encouragement. And uh, we thank you, God, for the great testimony of what you're going to do there today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, <clears throat> it is an honor to be here today for those of you they may not know me. My name is Ryan, and I have the privilege of serving middle school and high school students. Come on, where are my middle schoolers at? Woo, woo, woo. We got some high schoolers. And, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to take a moment and just thank you. Thank Pastor Mark and Miss Robin for the opportunity to speak here um, and the opportunity they've given me. Come on, can we just give it up for Pastor Mark and Miss Robin? All the hard work that they do the care that they have for us, so thank you. And I want to just take a moment and also give honor to Pastor Gene and Mama June, all of the years of sewing. And I, we don't take it for granted that we have an opportunity to stand on your shoulders all of the groundwork that you've laid, so thank you so much. Greatly honored to be a part, so thank you. A little bit about myself. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I, I, it's innately designed in me to, to help people. I just, I, for as long as I can remember, I, I've always loved helping people. Um, I can remember in elementary school, my mom was on the PTA. Any PTA moms in here? Do they even do PTA anymore? I don't know. <laughs> they do, okay. So my mom, she was that mom, the PTA mom. Lincoln Elementary School. 
And uh, I just remembered, like, I loved helping people and serving people so much. This is even before I knew Jesus that uh, uh, they did this thing every year, uh, the, the cookie dough drive. And so they would have this huge fundraiser that the elementary school would do, and they would sell these tubs of cookie dough. Now, part of it is that I kind of wanted to be on the inside to get the special scoop on the cookie dough. Like, I'm not talking about the little Pillsbury tube of t- No, I'm talking about gallon-sized, like, <laughs> cookie dough. Like, dude, we were looking forward to the cookie dough fundraiser, you know what I mean? Not to make cookies, to eat the cookie dough, just like raw cookie dough. And I know that, you're going to get salmonella. Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved helping people. Like, I would be there. I was the only elementary school kid. Like, I was carrying the tubs of cookie dough out to people's cars because they would, you know, get 20, 30 tubs of cookie dough, and I would help put them in there and help carry them out. And I was there helping. I was just innately designed in me to really, really, I love to help people. When uh, I got to middle school for uh, seventh and eighth graders, they had this special program. Uh, for a select few students called um, Kids Care. And what Kids Care was is that you stayed in this class for uh, half of the day, and we did social studies and literature art, but then part of it was we learned how to tutor kids to read, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we would go to an elementary school and tutor kids how to read. And I just loved it. It was innately designed in me to just want to help people, help, you know, even all the way back to little middle school Ryan, all 230 pounds of me, Five foot nothing. <laughs> uh, it's just, I just, I love to help people. It was designed in me. And, uh, and so today I just want to talk to you from the perspective of owning our 50 feet and what it means to help somebody. Now you may be sitting in here and saying, dude, that's really not me. I have no desire to really help anybody. I have no, it's just not me. And I would just want to say that's perfectly okay. That's why we have the body of Christ, that not everyone has to be exactly the same. Not everyone's going to get up and stand with a microphone and a pulpit. Not everyone's going to get up and play a guitar and sing because Lord knows if I tried to get up and sing, nobody would be here still. So we just need a little bit of everybody, but I do want to encourage you and go with me on this journey that we're going to take today in Mark chapter 4, that we are called to scatter seeds. And so that's where I want to land today in Mark chapter 4, verse 26. The kingdom of God is like this. It's like a farmer who scatters seed. In fact, I don't want to misquote it, so if you don't, yeah, there it is. Jesus also said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Now, whenever Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, it's kind of like this thing, like I can't really touch it, I can't feel it, I can't smell it, but I kind of know it. It's, it's now, but it's not yet. It's this real weird thing that it's this mysterious thing that we kind of get to learn and and grow in as on this journey that we call following Jesus. And so here he says the kingdom of God is like a farm. So I began to ponder it this week as we were reading Mark 4 and as I was praying on what to share this week. This is kind of where I landed. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. And I just began to talk to God like, really God, that's what the kingdom is like? It's like a farmer, like, because if I, if it was the kingdom of Ryan, it would be like riding in a G6 plane all by myself. Like, I would have the plane to myself. If, if it was the kingdom of Ryan, I'd be riding a Mercedes-Benz S-Class, right? If it was the kingdom of Ryan, like, we'd be dressed to the nines, right, with the gold chain. Maybe some gold teeth every, every once, not too often, Mama June, but every once in a while. The kingdom of Ryan. 
is the kingdom of Ryan. I would have a conveyor belt of all the good donuts going through my bedroom so I wouldn't even have to leave the bed. And an espresso machine that I would just think and boom, espresso Americano, right? Like if it was the kingdom of Ryan, like, like it, it, the kingdom uh, uh, of our natural thinking is this elegant thing, right? Oftentimes. But here Jesus said, no, it's none of that. It's like a farmer. So now, instead of wearing the Gucci suit, we're wearing overalls. Now, not David, not that there's anything wrong with overalls. But it's just not what I pictured the kingdom of God to be like. Like if he owns the, the, the land of cattle on a thousand hills or whatever the scripture is. Wow. I'll never get to preach again now. <laughs> well, that was the most common scripture ever quoted and he can't do it. <laughs> but if he is that wealthy, like why are, why are we a farmer scattering seed? No, instead we had our waiters on. We got our overalls on. And the kingdom of God is taking a step through the mud, grabbing into your seed pouch, scatter. Step, grab, scatter. Step, grab, scatter. Step, grab, scatter. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is step, grab, scatter. Nothing more, nothing less. The, the kingdom of God is as humble as stepping through the manure and the mud and grabbing into my seed pouch and scattering it. The kingdom of God. I dare say that every single person sitting in here, you're sitting in here because somewhere in your journey of life, a farmer has walked past you with a step and they grabbed some seed and they scattered it into your life. And the weird thing is you didn't even know it, but the cultivation of the soil of your heart was ready to receive it. And so now your life has produced 30, 60, and 100 times more than you ever deserved. Why? Because a farmer decided to take a step, grab some seed, and scatter it. And by seed, I mean the word and the truth of God. Hey, you can't stay there. If you keep living that way, you're going to end up dead in a ditch. If you keep doing that, your, your, your kids are watching you and they're going to end up worse than you are. If you, that somebody came into your life and they spoke truth to you because someone decided to take a step in the mud, grab into their seed bag and scatter it and the soil of your heart was ready to receive it. And now you sit here producing 30, 60, 100 times more than you could ever desire or imagine because a farmer decided to do that. Now, here's where I want to challenge you. In owning our 50 feet, it's our turn to take a step, grab into the seed bag, and scatter. This is what the kingdom of God does. Uh, if you're new here, the, this idea of 50 feet is from Pastor Mark. This uh, revelation that he got that, you know, Jesus said, he said, go into all of the world and make disciples. Well, really, all the world, that seems like a daunting, overwhelming task. I'm just one person that bags groceries at Kroger. How am I going to save all of the world? I'm just, I'm just a teacher. I only have a classroom, and I only have 150 students running through my class a day. How am I going to save all of the world? I'm pretty nailed down to these 150 students. And the idea is, wherever your feet go, 50 feet around you, you have an influence for the kingdom of God. That God really isn't calling you to go into all the world. He's just calling you to go into your world. And so my challenge is, and what I, I this, and I want to take you, I forgot to mention that this is a lesson that I've been learning for the past nine months myself 
of taking a step, grabbing into your bag and scattering some seed in your 50 feet to plant the seed in the truth of the word of God. So part of my discouragement uh, and this journey that I've had over the last nine months is that uh, since I've come to know Jesus, I really, it's, it's, it's a passion of mine to help young people become disciples of Jesus. It's, uh, it's what I eat, breathe, sleep for the past 15 years, uh, since I was in high school. And, uh, and I really, I, I desire it, I love it. It's, it's a passion of mine to really help young people. Uh, but where I've had to learn in this journey that uh, my job is nothing more than to be a farmer that takes a step, grabs in the seed bag, and scatters. Because what I had to learn, what Jesus didn't say, is that the kingdom of God is like a gardener. Because the difference here between a farmer and a gardener is a gardener gets down on their hands and knees and begins to weed out the soil, begins to measure the soil, begins to put their hands into the dirt, into the muck, into the mire. They begin to, uh, if we go back earlier into Mark uh, chapter 4, Jesus talks about the four different soils. Uh, I thought that as a disciple maker, as a helper, I thought I was supposed to garden. I thought I was supposed to help people by getting into their thorny patch and to cut back the thorns. Because truth be told, as a man, as a helper, as someone that really desires to help people, it's kind of an honor when I come out of the thorn patch with the bruises and the marks and the cuts and the blood to say, Well, look at what I did. It was for Jesus. I got all these thorny patches, and look at how much I cut back. But I was too dumb to realize by the time I turned around, the thorns had already grown back. I thought it was my job to get into their mud, into their muck, into their mire, into their soil, and pick up a boulder and just begin to reach down as a man. Oh, I'm going to help you. Oh, you don't want me to remove this boulder. I'm going to, oh, you're you're smoking weed? Okay, I'm going to remove this boulder because we know it's best. And all along, they have no desire for me to remove the boulder. But here I am as a man saying, look, you're going to thank me later that I'm moving this boulder. Oh, look at me. I can move the boulder. Boom. Look at these muscles. Look at all my wisdom. Look at all my experience. Look at me. When God never desired for me to be a gardener and to get into their rocky situation to move the boulder in the first place. But here I am, a helper thinking that's what I was supposed to do. I thought that I was supposed to get in and till up their soil to make it deeper. Man, they're just so emotional. They're so shallow. Let me get in here and give you my wisdom and give you my help, and let me just till up your soil with you. And I would sit down for hours on end and listen to their emotional baggage, thinking that I was doing justice for the kingdom of God, all to realize, no, they have no desire to change. They just wanted to gossip. But here I am thinking, man, well, look at me. Oh, I just spent six hours counseling a student. Oh, I'm so great. What did you do today? Nothing for Jesus? (laughs) And that's what I really thought. Like, I thought, like, I'm really doing the work of, of the kingdom. But I missed out on Mark 4, 26. I thought the kingdom of God was like a gardener who gets down into the thorns, who gets down into the rocks, who gets down into the shallowness. No, 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 no. Ryan, you've missed it. It's not like a gardener. I'm not a gardener. I'm a farmer. I'm a farmer. My only job is to take a step, reach into my bag, scatter some seed. Take a step, reach into my bag, and scatter a seed. And I was so nervous to scatter the seed. I was so nervous to speak truth to students. 
Because I was like, my garden. If I tell you the truth, if I scatter seed, you're going to leave. If I tell you the truth that you need to be reading the word of God, that's offensive. You're going to take my whole garden that I've been working so hard on, and you're going to leave my life. You're never going to talk to me again. If if I scatter seed and I tell you the truth that you need to stop sleeping with your girlfriend, you're going to leave me because that's that's too hard for you right now. And your rocky soil, all the rocks I moved, it's just going to be waste. And you're going to take your rocky soil and you're going to go elsewhere. I really thought that. Like I really thought like if I scatter the seed, the truth of God, you're just going to leave. You're going to take all of my hard work, all of my hours of counseling, and you're going to leave. I don't know if anyone's relating to this or if I'm just... You're just like my counseling session. <laughs> I hope this is helping somebody. What I'm getting at and what I've been learning for the past nine months is that it's not my job to get in and to cut back their thorns. It's not my job to get in and pull out all the boulders. It's not my job to get in and till it up. My job is just to take a step, grab into my seed bag, and scatter the truth of God. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Perhaps some of you, and I just want to encourage you in owning your 50 feet, perhaps you've been discouraged. You hear Pastor Mark, oh man, I know I'm supposed to own my 50 feet. You've been discouraged because maybe you've reached into your seed bag, you've taken a step, and you scatter some seed, and it really did nothing. It produced no fruit. Maybe you reach into your bag, you scatter some seed, and they did. They picked up all their garden, and they hauled off. Maybe, 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 maybe you scatter some seed and you were really trying to be loving and you're trying to be Christian and they nitpicked one little chink in your armor and now you had no authority to scatter any seed. You felt defeated. But let me help you understand. You aren't to worry about the soil of other people because really if you're playing the lottery, one out of four, not good chances. You're not to worry about whether you're spreading seed on rocky soil, but it'll help you understand what kind of soil it is. They have a hard heart. You're not to worry about if you're spreading the seed on the thorny, weedy soil. They just like living in sin, but you're spreading the seed. That's not up to you. You're not to worry about if the seed lands on rocky soil. That's That's not really up to us to worry about if it's shallow, rocky, or thorny, or fertile. What's up to us is to take a step, reach into the seed bag, and scat... Amen. I know I'm repeating myself and I don't mean to, but I'm passionate about it. It's what I've had to learn that I was so nervous to make sure that the soil was right first because, I mean, that's just human logic, right? If I'm going to plant something in a garden, I want to make sure the soil's right. But God said, no, you're not a gardener, you're a farmer. And here's the crazy thing, verse 27, here's all you do. After you scatter the seed, night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he doesn't understand how it happens. Verse 28, the earth produces the crop on its own. First, the leaf blade pushes through and the heads of wheat are formed and finally grain ripens. Night and day, he just goes, so he's done his part, took a step, reached in the bag, scattered the seed, and now... He does what he's got to do. He goes to bed. He gets up. 
He goes shopping. He eats donuts. He drinks coffee. He smokes a cigar. I don't know. Whatever farmers do. But he's done his part. Now he got out of the way. He got out of the garden to let the gardener, the father, the uh, the creator, the creation do what he needed to do. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how the seed germinates and grows roots. He doesn't know how the roots draw the nutrition from the soil. He doesn't know how the leaf pushes through the earth and then a leaf blade comes through the earth. He doesn't know how it multiplies and grows into a stock of grain that's taller than him. He doesn't know how that happens. All he knows is his job is to take a step, reach into a seed bag, and scatter some seed. And then he turns around and he has... A harvest. So I want to encourage you. In 2020, moving forward, in this final week of January, where are you scattering some seed? Where is it that you need to speak some truth? Where is it that you need to let your life be an encouragement to somebody? Where is God calling you to farm? Not not to garden, but to farm. Where is God calling you? To bring life to somebody, to bring a harvest into somebody else's life, to bring 30, 60, or even 100 times more fruit than they ever thought that they could have. Maybe their harvest is waiting for you and for me to scatter some seed. But isn't it difficult in our culture to scatter seed? Like in our culture, the soil doesn't seem to be ready. Like it's offensive, right? <laughs> It's a, like, if I were to watch, it's about to get tense in here. Homosexuality is a sin. Oh, man, 2020. Huh, but my job is not to worry about that. My job is just to scatter seed. And you really shouldn't be shacking up with your girlfriend because, truth be told, we don't have enough self-control. <laughs> really, you should go on the path of marriage. Ah, man, some tough seed. And that porn addiction, the only way you're going to get free from it is if you find a man that's further along in life than you that, 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 that can speak encouragement to you and help you out of that pit. Mm, some tough seed. Where in your life do you need to scatter some seed? <clears throat> Maybe you're in here. <clears throat> and uh, like a lot of us, myself included, feel like if I reach, I'm nervous to reach into my seed bag. Because I feel like I'm going to come up empty. I feel like myself, I, I don't have any seed to grab onto. And I feel like if I can take the step, I don't mind that. I don't mind putting on the waiters. I don't mind putting on the overalls. I don't mind that. But I'm really, really nervous to reach into the seed bag. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like I know the word. I only come to church once a month. God is angry at me. I feel like I have to pay God off before I can have any seed in my bag. I feel like if I even try to reach, I'm too nervous and insecure to reach into my seed bag. Let me take you to Luke 12, 12. It's not going to come up on the screen. It was just, sorry, Derek, I didn't mean to throw you off. But Luke 12, 12, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit at the right time will give you the words that you ought to say. The fact that you are doing your best to take a step, the fact that you're doing your best to reach into your seed bag, the fact that you are willing to go and scatter some seed, God is going to honor that. And then you just have to take a moment and realize, what is the condition of my soil? You have to take a moment and be honest with yourself 
is my, the soil of my heart fertile? Or is it rocky? Is it shallow? Is it thorn? You just have to take a moment and be honest with yourself. Because what God is going to do is, yes, he's going to use the Holy Spirit. Yes, he'll use Mark on Sunday. Yes, he'll use your B group. Yes, he'll use. But what he's going to do is he's going to begin to use the fruit that's already planted and, and bearing fruit in your garden. Because where does, where, does a, where does the future seeds of the garden come from? It comes from within the garden itself. We can see that all the way in Genesis chapter 1 when God created the earth. That he put the, the seed already was inside of the fruit. If I go and get an, if I put the tree, if the tree, an apple tree, and I put a ladder up and I get the apple out and I bite into the apple, then the seed is already in there. It's not somewhere else. It's not coming down from heaven. God, the miracle of God is that he already put the seed in there. So what I'm saying is, is that as you till up your soil and you're producing fruit, that you don't have to go out somewhere else to get it. God's already put it inside of you. He already put it inside of you to reach down into your seed bag and scatter it. But the lie of the enemy says, don't reach in there. You're going to be disappointed. God's angry at you. You're going to come up empty-handed. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God, all he's waiting for you is to take a step of faith, reach down into your seed bag, and scatter the seed that he's put on your heart. I'm going to close with this. So if I'm going to be a smart gardener, like I want to have good soil, right? Like I don't want to just keep planting on bad soil. I do want to produce a harvest with my life. What I've had to learn, it's not my job to get my hands dirty. So how do I till up the soil? How do I make it fertile? I've landed on this. I, I can only do one thing to make that happen. And I can, the only thing I can do is to call the gardener. Prayer. Prayer is powerful. If God has placed somebody in your life that you really have a love for and a desire for, don't dismiss it. God placed it there for a reason. But if they have a hard heart, a shallow heart, a thorny heart, or a fertile heart, the only way that it's going to produce fruit and the only thing that you can do as it comes to the soil is pray. And I believe that prayer tills up the soil. Prayer will till up the soil. You're not tilling it up. You're calling the guy with the till. You're calling the guy with the bulldozer. I, I don't mean to go corny Christian on you, but, but really and truly, that's our position. That our position is not, as we help people, not to get our hands dirty, not to get cut up by the thorns, not to till up the soil. Our job is two things, and we see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 5 and 6. As Paul is uh, talking to the church in Corinth. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom uh, you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Next verse. I planted the seed in your heart and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. So we got two jobs. Plant and water. Plant and water. Water and plant, plant and water. And if we understand that that's our only job, then you won't get discouraged. You will just remember, you'll wake up tomorrow saying, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. And if you're going to use me, where am I to plant and where am I to water? Where am I supposed to speak truth and where am I supposed to encourage? Where am I supposed to, to speak the light of Christ into somebody and where is my life supposed to shine? Plant and water. 
water, and plant. So, as we conclude, we're about to take communion. The seed of the body of Christ. That Jesus, he would come and say, to do this in remembrance of me. That we would pause and remember who Jesus is. That he would hang on a cross and die a criminal's death. That he would plant the seed of his body so that every broken piece of my life will be put back together. And that he would shed his blood so that I would be made brand new. Every addiction, gone. Every amount of depression, cured. Every sickness, demolished. That everything that was broken in my life will be wiped clean by the blood of Jesus. So we're going to come and we're going to remember and we're going to pause. And our job here is done and we're going to turn things over to the Holy Spirit. And as we take communion, there are people that want, would love to pray with you over here and I'll be over here. And uh, if you need prayer for anything. But as you come and you take communion, I want you to ponder on these two things and be challenged. The first thing, the condition of your soil. What's the condition of your heart? Is it fertile, ready to receive, that will produce a crop of 30, 60, or 100 times? Is it rocky, meaning your heart's hard, thorny? Is it shallow, meaning you're emotional? Every emotional whim will take you away. <clears throat> and if you are really ready to change, as you take communion, ask God to change the condition of your heart to produce a crop. And then second, as you take communion, I want you to ponder this thing. Where, are, where am I to scatter seed today? God, where do you want me to take a step of faith, reach into my seed bag, and scatter some seed this week? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we turn things over to your Holy Spirit. Speak in a way that only you can speak. Move in a way that only you can move. We invite you into this place. We invite you into our hearts. Not to just stay here, but God, may there be a transaction of uh, the encounter of the Holy Spirit that we can't leave here the same, that we would carry you with you, carry you with us out of those doors. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church podcast. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there's anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week for a brand new message.